Hey everyone, welcome back for another shorty on Southern Pride Storytime. This one may not end up being a shorty depending on how long I choose to expand on it because it is a really interesting story and today's story is the Pied Piper of Hamlin. Now it's kind of interesting. I don't know. I just the more of these stories I find, the more of them I find are familiar to me. And so I know you know, depending on where you're from in the world, you may never have heard of some of these stories before, but it just kind of always astounds me, not only how many hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of stories are out there that I haven't heard, but it always kind of shocks me how many of these I have too. Like I'm always a little surprised how many of them are not new, especially when you have one that has an unfamiliar name, but then as you dig into the meat of it, you're like, oh, I know this story. I just called it this other name over here. So it's it's kind of interesting as you dig into all of these stories how familiar some of them are. So I never really sit and think about, I wonder how many fairy tales I know off the top of my head. And once you sit down and actually start listing them like I do in this podcast form, like, oh my gosh, so many of these are ones that I've heard before and are familiar. And it's, it just, it amazes me how much information we can hold, especially information that for most people is kind of useless information like fairy tales. It's not something you take to work with you every day. So it really does surprise me sometimes how many of these stories are ones that I've already heard. Today, we're doing The Pied Piper of Hamlin, and it is such an interesting story. And uh, part of what's interesting about it is um, just the fact that it does have some roots in reality, which I'm sure is true to some extent with most fairy tales. I'm sure there's not, you know, too many goblins and imps out there, but, you know, they're, they're based in reality in that they exist to teach a lesson. But this is a story where the city of Hamlin actually exists and where something strange did happen in this town, something that we're still historically vague about to this day where 130 of their children just disappeared. And we're not entirely sure to this day why it happened or what happened. And that to me makes it that much more fascinating. Those of you who have been listening for a while know I like to pull in stories with a little bit of reality where I can. And while the two that I've chosen before, the story of Julie Laguerre, and the story of Robert the Doll are somewhat more local. They, you know, I guess Robert takes place several hours drive away, but Julie Laguerre is less than an hour's drive away from me. And, uh, you know, they both pull some real life elements into their story. This one is a little more distant. Hamlin is in Germany, but um, it's just interesting to me, these stories where the line between where the story is and where the history begins, where that line is a little bit blurry, those are kind of my favorite stories. So starting out today, we're taking place in the little bitty town of Hamlin. We think this story takes place about um, 1284 AD, but we're not 100% sure. But as far as the historical records of the town of Hamlin go, that's about where we put this at. And, uh, Hang on, making a note here. There we go. Um, and that's kind of about where we put it at historically. There is the town of Hamlin where they are having a serious, serious rat problem. And 
I don't know about you guys, but I don't even want to have like a mild rat problem. I'm, I'm firmly on board the no rat problem train. I've never seen a rat other than like in a pet store or in a biology lab. So to me, like the idea of a, of a rat coming into my house, I don't know, for some reason, rats especially, like mice are at least kind of cute. I know they carry a lot of the same diseases as rats, but at least they're not awful to look at. Rats have a much more ferocious look about them, and then there's the size difference, and there's just a lot of the cute fuzziness of the mouse is lost in his big brother, the rat. And they're just so unappealing and carry so many diseases. So even a small rat problem would be a an issue and Hamlin has a big rat problem. It's gotten to where the rats are bold enough that they don't even try to run away from people. They're stealing food, they're spreading disease, and it's it's becoming a really serious problem for the people in this town. The um the mayor then offers to pay a bag of gold to anyone who can get rid of all of the rats in this town. Rats were a big deal not just because of the disease, but because they would eat lots and lots and lots of the food, especially if they got into like your barn and your food is what kept your livestock alive. Your livestock is what kept you alive. So these rats are becoming, you know, basically going to push this town possibly into extinction if they don't get rid of them. Now it varies a little from version to version of the tale. In some versions, it's a hundred pieces of gold in the bag and some it's a thousand and some it's 10,000. Either way, we're looking at with medieval currency, a huge amount of money because these are gold pieces, right? So the mayor puts out this offer, and the same day a stranger comes into town with a pied coat. Pied meaning multicolored. So the pied piper, if you've ever wondered why he's a pied piper and what, you know, whether it's the pipe that's pied, it's actually his coat, which is why he's typically depicted in kind of like a jester's outfit. Pied is referring to just his clothing being all kinds of different colors. And uh, so he's the Pied Piper because of his outfit, which is described differently in several different versions, but it's always multicolored, very elaborate, strange outfit that gets everybody's attention the minute he comes into town. This is even so in stories that are not entitled the Pied Piper, like in some parts of Germany, it's called Das Rattenfänger, which means the rat catcher or also their translated version of the child catcher or kid catcher, which is a play on the name Rotten, what is it? Rotten Fanger, but it's like Kinderfanger or something like that. So they play on the whole rat catcher name, but that's he's catching children. I feel like that's not a huge spoiler. We all kind of know where this story is going and it's, it's not great, but, but, um, the point is the pied part of his tale is not to describe his pipe or his descript or his uh sorry occupation, but to describe um his clothing and why he's always depicted as being dressed so strangely. So he offers to get rid of their rat problem and the mayor eagerly agrees. He takes out his little pipe and he starts playing a cute little tune, and all of the rats, except for one that happens to be deaf. Wyatt specifically mentions this one rat. I'm not sure, but all of the other non-deaf rats kind of raise to attention and uh, follow him outside of town. He walks out of town and into a nearby river up to about waist deep or however deep he can be and still play his pipe. And the rats proceed to drown in the nearby stream. This is a little weird to me. The hypnosis must 
also alter rats' ability to swim because rats can actually swim for a really, really long time. Rats kind of freak me out. Like, they're almost indestructible. It's weird. But in the fairy tale, for the purposes of the story, the rats drown. So I'm just going to go ahead and guess that since the song that he's playing can control their ability to, you know, make decisions for themselves, I'm guessing it keeps them from deciding to swim. So the rats all drown except for, you know, the one that can't hear anything. And he returns to the city to get paid, but only finds that the city gates have been closed and locked to him and he's unable to enter. From atop the city, the mayor tells him that he's not going to pay the guy. All you did was play your little horn. You didn't really help anybody. Why do we owe you anything? Frankly, considering Black Plague is going to start hanging around about eight, 80 years later, I think they owe him a heck of a lot more than a bag of gold. That's gross, guys. But anyway, the mayor doesn't see it that way. He doesn't want to pay the piper, which is where we get the phrase. The piper warns him that there will be a terrible, terrible cost. Or I kind of like in the Disney version where he tells the mayor that basically your town is full of terrible people and I'm going to rescue your children from becoming monstrous, terrible people like the rest of you. Then a few days later, during a festival, there's it's, it's a religious festival. I think it's the festival of either St. John or St. Andrew. I'm leaning towards St. Andrew. I'd have to relook it up again. I didn't specify which one in my notes. But anyway, all of the adults are in church because of this religious holiday, and the kids are not. And so the piper goes ahead and plays a new tune on this specific day, and it hypnotizes all of the children. Now, because the adults are in church, they don't notice what's happening right away as their children get up and leave the town and begin to follow the piper out into the mountains. And, uh, you know, you wouldn't. You don't know what's going on at home when you're not at home. 130 children followed the Pied Piper out of the town, into the mountains, and into a cave, and were never seen again. Only a few of the children survived, and by a few, I mean the most I saw in any version of this story is three. One child was cold and returned home to get his coat. By the time he came back, all of the other kids were gone, and he couldn't pick up on the trail of how to find everybody. One child was deaf, and another was blind, so... The blind child could tell you, you know, what had happened to the other children because they had all been hypnotized and this child could hear it, but he hadn't been able to see where to go, so he hadn't been able to follow the other kids. And then the deaf child hadn't heard the flute playing, but had seen everybody leave and saw that they had taken off for the mountains. So these kiddos are the only three that actually kind of make it through. In some versions, there's another kid with like a broken leg instead of coat kid, so he was unable to follow. But either way, it's always 130 children that disappear, even in the Hamlin City records. These records strangely do start 100 years after the Pied Piper event. For some reason, they didn't have any city records prior to that, which seems a little weird to me. Like, get your stuff together, make some city records. I don't know, maybe just nothing significant happened in that city until... This event, but the, the first entry in the city records, the very first entry is from 1384, where it says, quote, it's been 100 years since our children left us, referring to the event of the Pied Piper. So that's how we know that it took place in 1284. There was also a stained glass window in a local church memorializing the event. 
There are so many theories about what has happened to these children that just ran off into the mountains and disappeared. Some believe that there was no Piper, but that the kids were led off by like a pagan heretic cult leader who kind of persuaded them to follow a different religion from their parents and drew them off into the woods. Others theorized that the children emigrated to a nearby area like Transylvania. Um, possibly what they're thinking here is that it has to do with, we're bringing up that super fun topic of inheritance law again. Now in this particular culture, not only was the oldest going to inherit everything and the younger siblings wouldn't in a family like we mentioned a couple episodes ago but in this family the younger siblings would actually become the servants and the laborers for the older siblings so not only do you not inherit anything and your older brother or sister gets all of the fortune of the family but you also end up being a servant to that sibling which i'm sure would just be insufferable <laughs> for the rest of your life along with your family so a lot of them is thought to avoid this fate, emigrated to another area so that they wouldn't become the farmhands of their family members. They could start a whole new life for themselves in a whole new area. This is supported by the fact that um, a lot of the common surnames over in tr certain towns in Transylvania are recorded to be very common surnames from Hamlet as well. But I don't know. I mean, some some last names are common over almost all of Europe. So this seems like a little bit of a weak justification for me. But also some people think they may have been emigrated because they were sold to help settle new areas. There was like a population issue at the time. And so many people were, quote unquote, recruited against their will to help explore and settle new parts of Europe in order to kind of spread people out. So a lot of people think that this may have been kind of a military endeavor where the children were taken in order to settle whole new kind of rustic wild areas of Europe. Now, these last three theories are kind of based on the assumption that the children, by being called children of the village, were actually adults, but were kind of children of the town. They were born in that town, lived in that town. And so that does kind of change the horror of the story of the Pied Piper because we're dealing with kind of metaphorical children rather than actual little kids that are eight or nine year olds. It's hard to say. Um, I think the, the story's a lot creepier when you think of it as little kids. And uh, many think also that the 130 children just had died due to bubonic plague. But the rats were added into the story at a later date. The rats are not actually an original part of the story. So while we still have the Pied Piper, he has been a part of the story since the beginning. The rats themselves were probably added later when the plague became an issue and rats kind of became the villain of the day um, because the rats were not societally an issue as far as disease was concerned until about 80 years after the events of the story, it's likely that the rats were added to the story after the fact. And um, so it probably wouldn't have been bubonic plague. Hard to say. The main message of the story, of course, is pay your debts, paying the Pied Piper, right? Show appreciation for someone who helps you. Even if you have paid that person for that service, they still deserve gratitude and appreciation for a job well done. And uh, getting all of the rats out of the town save one, that's a job well done. That's a hard job. And nobody in that town had been capable of it. So he deserved gratitude in addition to the payment that had been promised. 
And uh, also kind of a side message here is make sure you keep good records of your history and track it or else people are going to come up with weird theories as to what happened and how people disappeared. I love this story because we still don't really know what happened because there aren't many records as far as what happened in 1284. So if you have any theories or any other ideas, I would love to hear it. Um, I had a fun time doing research for this one. A lot of my research came from uh, Messed Up Origins on YouTube, and it's so funny because his video is linked with a kind of creepy interpretation of the Pied Piper of Hamlin from Crypt TV, so I definitely encourage you to check that out if you're in the mood for something spooky as well. I'm not sure how many of Crypt TV's videos still exist, but their video from the Pied Piper is super spooky, and it's not really linked to the original story per se. It's just more of a kind of fan interpretation, but it was super spooky, and I kind of liked it. So definitely check out Messed Up Origins on on uh, the Pied Piper, but also check out Crypt TV. That's Crypt Like a Grave, C-R-Y-P-T, and uh, their version of the Pied Piper, which is pretty creepy. I really liked it. And uh, that's all for today. Please do like, subscribe, share this with all your friends and family members who are interested in these kind of stories. And I would love to talk to you again soon. Thank you.